Welcome to the Sparked Podcast, a place to keep your spark bright. Here I've brought together my most powerful tips from the last decade plus partnering with small businesses on all things leadership, mindset, people and culture. Here my approach combines intuitive psychology, strategy, neuroscience and results-based coaching to unlock your highest potential. Step into your power and truly own your role as a leader so that you can spread the positive impacts of your purpose-led work everywhere. My name is Emma Campbell. I'm a mindset and performance coach for purpose-led leaders. I'm a mama to two cheeky little munchkins. I'm a wine appreciator, nature-obsessed, stubbornly optimistic child at heart, and I'm here to inspire belief in what's possible for you because it is all so possible. I hope that this podcast leaves you feeling lighter, more inspired, and more ready than ever to go out there and take actions on your big dreams and vision. I can't wait to dig in. See you in the podcast. Jumping in here quickly to share that the Leadership Styles Quiz is now live. So if you're not one of the hundreds of leaders who have already discovered their unique leadership style, strengths and blind spots, then you'll want to jump into the show notes to access this quiz right now. This quiz is for small business leaders, CEOs, business owners, entrepreneurs, team leaders, coaches and consultants ready to find out what their unique zone of brilliance is as a leader, where they can truly shine and where they can have the greatest impact with their teams. It even dives into how your your childhood shapes the leader that you are today. This quiz goes deep to uncover your leadership personality, your unique leadership gifts, superpowers, and strengths, your blind spots, so those things that are holding you back and you don't even realize that they're holding you back, and how your childhood shaped the leader you are today. It only takes three minutes. Link is in the show notes below. Enjoy. Oh, hey, hey, so lovely to be here. Always so excited to bring these episodes to you and particularly this morning after I've had such a beautiful, bright and successful morning out on the waves and I have taken my beautiful new surfboard who I have lovingly named Petal. (laughs) I took her for a first proper spin. I did try and have a little crack on a couple of waves with her on Saturday or Sunday morning with not much success. (laughs) I just got thrown around in a washing machine and not too many people. Actually, I didn't really see anyone catch a wave that morning. It wasn't so good. So being able to like re-enter the waves this morning with a bunch of legends from the Club Shuckers, shout out to the club shuckers um we just had the absolute best time and it's funny as i was as i was heading out you know we were cruising cruising from the car to the waves and we were just about to jump in the water and everyone was kind of you know talking about 
what it was going to be like in there and was it going to be good because it looked a little bit rough like it's been a little bit stormy in Perth today a little bit windy like it was a bit dark and damp and we were all kind of commenting on whether we thought it was going to be worth it and I shared with everyone, well, to be honest, no matter what happens, I'm going to have success today because I've um, I've decided on what my definition of success is going to look like in the water today. And all of that and my entire definition is if I get in the water, if I have a nice little flap around and if I have a crack at a wave, then I've decided that that's my definition of success. So it meant that I just set myself up for success from the get-go, you know, by really focusing on the things that were within my control. It's not, not always completely within my control to actually get on a wave and stand up and nail it, even though, may I say, that I did absolutely nail it today. I think I caught about four or five waves and um, just had an absolute ball um yeah even though conditions were pretty pretty hectic and crazy but i just laughed a lot just absolutely loved it and came back from the beach just feeling so energized so lit up so inspired you know so proud of myself because i have to say like i don't know about you but often it's it's these little moments in life that i'm actually the most proud of myself it's like often it's not the big things that I think that it might be that I'm really proud of myself for like say for example like one of the scariest things that I've ever done was going and speaking in front of 200 people about the power of purpose and passion and um discovering your inner leader and finding your true self and all of these things and I really thought that that was like my dream and where I wanted to be. And um, don't get me wrong, I was still like still really proud of myself and was still really happy that I did that. But the sense of accomplishment and, and the sense of pride that I got from that compared to some of the really little things in life, like getting out on a surfboard at six in the morning when it's dark outside and it's raining and it's really uncomfortable and, you know, getting yourself out of your warm bed and out into something that just like feels so uncomfortable. It's often like those little moments that I'm surprisingly most proud of myself. I don't know if the same is same is true for you. And I remember even um, being in a yoga class the other morning and <laughs> it had maybe been like six months before. I remember maybe I was about like middle of the class in the yoga studio and there was a girl up the front and when the yoga teacher asked us to stand on one leg and then grab our other leg with our hand and basically like pull our leg up into the air and hold it straight up in the air. <laughs> It might sound like a weird image right now, but when the yoga teacher asked us to do this, like the first time that I got asked to do it, I was like, what the hell? How does one do this? Like, I think my leg only bent halfway and I was kind of like flapping around and falling over and 
yeah, just feeling like how does one's leg extend so perfectly straight and how do you keep your body up so straight? And I remember just looking at this girl at the front with me flapping around in the back and just thinking, wow, like that's so amazing. Like, oh, I'll never get there. My body doesn't do that. And then literally six months later, having one of those little moments where I realized that I was doing it, that I had pulled my leg up and that I was holding it straight out in front of me and still holding myself up straight. And it was kind of this kind of like, I don't know, this weird little surreal moment where I'd like transported myself back in time within that moment to reflect on the person that I was compared to the person that I was, oh, sorry, that I was back then to who I was right at that moment. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh, I didn't really um, explain that very clearly. But just comparing past self to current self and really like feeling just this little moment of pride in terms of how far I'd come. And that's what I mean by those like little moments of progress um, that often are the moments that you feel most proud of yourself because they're not, they're not the big things. They're like the really human parts of you that just make you feel so proud of yourself. Anyway, bit of a tangent there, but I feel like I had to share that today. Today, I hope you're going so well. I am coming to you talking about introversion, introverts in the workplace and how to nourish the voice of an introvert or how to encourage them to speak up. Because, you know, I'm I'm sure most of you know what an introvert is. You know that you might know some of like the typical definitions. You know, they're a little bit quieter, a little bit more um inwards focused rather than outwards. You they don't speak as much. They're typically not like your big energetic personalities. And, you know, this sometimes this can be a real tricky one in the workplace because, you know, particularly as leaders, like we want to hear from everyone. We want to hear what you're thinking. We want to hear what's going on. We want to hear what your thoughts and your perspective and your opinions are on particular topics. So if you're having group workshops or if you're having group meetings, like in order to really feel like a team, you know, you really want to hear from everyone. And that's tricky because not everyone's an, not, not everyone is an extrovert. Um, not everyone's created the same. And it's really tricky because if they're not, if the introverts are not speaking up, then we, we don't really hundred percent know what's going on for them. We don't know what they're thinking. And sometimes for leaders, this can cause not stress or anxiety, but just kind of like a, like a concern, um, because you really want the team to feel connected. You want everyone to feel like they're partaking and everyone's getting involved. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about how introverts, like why introverts are the way they are or how they are different to extroverts, because introverts process the world and process information on the inside. So I actually did some research on this like quite a while ago um, because the idea of introversion and extroversion absolutely fascinates me. 
because it's all about energy processing, right? And like energy is like 99% of our world. And it's just so fascinating to think where people get their energy from. So it turns out that introverts actually have a different part of their brain. So they have this different functional part of their brain where information from the outside world gets filtered through and analyzed before they can then decide, make meaning and, you know, form an opinion on whatever that thing that's coming in. So like if someone's sharing sharing a topic or sharing an idea during a meeting and then asking asking the meeting participants for their thoughts and ideas or, you know, asking them questions, the introvert actually like filters that information that they're hearing, the messages that they're hearing through a different part of their brain. They actually just like, they process the world in a different way. And what this means is that sometimes their insights and their ideas or their opinions about a topic can actually can take them a little bit longer. It's not it's not anything to do with processing speed or intelligence or IQ or anything like that. It's just a different pathway of processing. So I want to talk to you a little bit about like what to do with this information. So how you can work with this as a leader. But I think it's good to remember that while introverts might process information in a different way and sometimes not speak up as much as extroverts, often when they do share things, and you might find this for yourself as a leader, often when they do share things, the things that they do share, they're more thought through, they're sometimes deeper, sometimes more insightful, and often like bring with them a very different perspective to what some of the extroverts might bring. And before I go any deeper, just a quick definition on what the difference between introverts and extroverts are. So an introvert processes inwardly and gets their energy from an internal source. So, you know, introverts are often those people that after they've been out at an event, hanging out with lots of people, they like they need to go home to recharge on their own. And so once they've been on their own, once they've read a book, once they have watched some TV, once they've just like had some quiet time to themselves, they are charged up, they're ready to go, they're feeling at their best and then that's often when they want to go do the thing. Whereas like an extrovert, they process on the outside and they get their energy from external sources. So extroverts often can sometimes feel a bit zapped of energy if they're not around people. And when they're at a party or when they're like socially networking or whatever, they are just getting more and more and more energy from the people around them. So they're really like soaking up the energy of others. (laughs) Maybe they're soaking up the energy of the introverts (laughs) and the introverts are losing theirs. No, no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about where like the energy actually comes from, but what I do know is that they really like come alive when, when they're with other people. And then there's, there's, there's the ambivert. So you might've heard of an ambivert or not. It's um, it was a, like a term coined from a book called quiet, uh, which talks about the power of introverts and essentially an ambivert sits somewhere in between the two. Cause it's a spectrum, right? It's just as everything in life is, it's a spectrum. And an ambivert sits somewhere in between the two. So an ambivert um, 
gets a bit of their energy from being alone and gets a bit of their energy from being with others. So um, I'll give you a little bit more detail about like how to figure out which one you are um, at the end of this podcast. So in a nutshell, you know, the tricky thing is that extroverts and extroverted behaviour often gets really celebrated in life and work and society because, you know, that's often what's seen as successful or cool or in um, is any of that behaviour that's really like focused around being loud and confident and having a voice and doing and taking action and having lots of energy. Like all of those sort of behaviours are often really celebrated in our world and in society, particularly in the workplace. But the long and the short of it is that we really need both. We really need that diversity between introversion and extroversion. Like imagine having a workplace full of loud, confident doers and energy takers, like, oh gosh, it would just be, it'd be too much, wouldn't it? So you really need both. And there's so, so much power behind an introvert. Um, And there's actually been like groundbreaking new research um, which showed that introverted leaders often actually deliver better outcomes than extroverts do. And they say that this is probably more likely because they let the talented employees run with their ideas rather than trying to put their own stamp on things. So they, they really like are able to sit back and allow the high performers to do their things rather than them having to really like take control. And introverts are also really great listeners. You know, they think before they speak, they think deeply, they're empathic, they're super considerate, they're creative, they're really observant and really loyal as, as, um, as employees. So, the question is, how do we nourish their voice? How do we how do we hear from them more? How do we celebrate them more? How do we how do we get the most out of these introverts in the workplace? So I've got a few um, little tips here for you. So I just know that they're going to provide so much value. So the first one is to give them time to prepare before a meeting. To give them time to prepare before a meeting. So knowing the introverts process in a different way, they're not going to be your, they're not going to be your people that hear a question and just have an answer ready to go. When they hear that question, they need to put that question through their own internal processing system, decide what is true for them from a deep place and then speak their truth. They you know, their internal processing system is just built in a different way that they need to be supported in a different way. So tip number one is, you know, if you've got an important meeting coming up, whether it's a workshop or whatever, you know, send them, send them an email or a text message the night before the workshop or a few nights before the workshop, give them a heads up on the agenda and give them a heads up on what sort of questions and what sort of topics you're going to be talking through so that they've got some time to really let those thoughts and ideas move through their mind so that then when you ask the questions in the workshop, 
they've got those answers ready to go. They're not then having to, you know, head off and spend an hour processing before coming back. Tip number two is <laughs> never put them on the spot. <laughs> Don't put an introvert on the spot. It's probably only going to make them um, retreat further into their introvert shell. So don't put them on the spot and like challenge them in the moment, give them time to respond. So if you are asking a question, you know, pop the question up on the screen and then give them some time, whether it's like quiet time, whether it's like pair work or, um, or whatever it might be just to have a think about what the answer is and allow them to volunteer themselves to put their hand up. Don't, don't force them into an answer. Tip number three is, and this is a really, really powerful, powerful option, is to use different ways of hearing their voice. So you can, there's like so many amazing tools out there which can help extract the voice of your introverts in a different way beyond just verbally. So say, for example, there's like surveys out there like, I personally use Typeform. I absolutely love Typeform. It's like this incredible questionnaire survey tool that feels like you're having a conversation. Um, there's also another tool which is called Slido. And it's a really good one for giving anonymous answers um, in the moment. So it's like for live and virtual meetings and events. It's like a Q&A and polling platform where you can ask questions and people can give their answers in the moment anonymously, or, or I mean, they can elect whether they want it to be anonymous or not. Um, but essentially like any of these tools, like, you know, if you don't have in your workplace yet an engagement pulse check, which is like a quarterly or a monthly five minute pulse check with your team, just to see how they are, how they're going, what's going well, are they happy, you know, where do they need supports, you know, what tips would they recommend to improve the workplace, where are they struggling, you know, all of those sort of things and gives you like a metric um, to help you track the engagement and productivity and performance of your workplace. You know, if you don't have one of those, then that could be your, your starting place. Um, and basically they provide a different platform and a different way for nourishing the voice of the quieter members of your workplace and gives them time, right, to really think about the answers to the questions rather than being put on the spot. So that would be like my number one, like, you know, no brainer, like if they're so easy to set up and so, so valuable and are going to really like allow your quieter ones to be heard and celebrated. Tip number four is to nourish their voice, nourish their voice. So when they do speak up, so in those rare moments that during a group workshop or a group meeting, um, they do speak up and share an idea or a thought or a question, like, like really celebrate that in the moment, like not over the top or anything, but just be really supportive and really encouraging and, you know, really just celebrate whatever they have to say and ask more questions and, um, you know, don't push them, but, um, 
just really show them that what they shared in that moment was so, so valuable and so appreciative, um, so appreciated. Um, and if it doesn't feel right to sh like celebrate them in the moment, like pull them aside after the meeting or send them a text message or something like that, just sharing with them how much you loved hearing from them and how valuable their insight was and how much you value them in your, in your team or in your workplace. Because essentially what you're trying to do is build their confidence for, for speaking up and for sharing. And the best way that we can do that is by rewarding the behavior that we want to see more of, right? Tip number five is to connect what they shared to a greater why or to connect their ability to share and contribute and get involved with a greater why. So what I mean by this is, you know, you might want to say to them like, hey, Natalie, thank you so much for that idea that you shared during that meeting today. Like I just, it was such an interesting idea and such an interesting insight. And I'm so glad that you shared it. And I just want you to know how helpful that was. Like you sharing that idea and you contributing to that, that conversation and that discussion, that helped us find the solution that we were trying to seek faster. So thank you so much. Please do it again. Like we love hearing from you, you know, that sort of idea, just connecting why it's helpful for them to share. Tip number six is as a confidence building exercise, if you've got like a group workshop is, and you've asked a question to the group and you want to hear back from the group is break the group into groups of pairs or small groups to have their conversation in small groups or pairs before they then come back to the greater group to share their ideas. Because what this does is that this helps them like kind of, you know, have a little sounding board for their ideas and to build their confidence with a smaller group before then sharing with the greater group. This is one of the, you know, the, um, the tips that I use as a facilitator uh, when I'm leading big workshops with leaders and you can see that there's some that are a bit quieter and some that are louder and particularly if the group's like a little bit of a shy, shyer group, um, I'll always break them up into smaller groups to sort of like build that sense of security and safety and confidence before then bringing it to the greater group. It helps so much. And the last tip that I wanted to share was <laughs> to tell your extroverts to pipe down. <laughs> so if you know that you've got some confidence, some confident, like big talking extroverts in your group, just before a group meeting, you know, just give them the like really gentle and kind heads up before that meeting that you're really wanting to, to hear from maybe some of the quieter members and that you're really wanting to build the confidence of others and, you know, that you love hearing their voice and you know that they've got lots to say and you, you love their thoughts and ideas and that you also want to hear from some of the other members. So just to, you know, pause before sharing um, to see if there's anyone else that has a voice before they share what they have to share. <laughs> So I hope that was really helpful. I'll just recap those tips again for you in case you're in the car or 
traveling or whatever, and you just want to note those down. So tip number one is to give introverts time to prepare before a meeting. So you send through an agenda, send through the questions in advance so that they've got time to prepare. Tip number two, never put them on the spot. Never put them on the spot. <laughs> Tip number three is use surveys. So I use Typeform. There's another tool called Slido. You can use a bunch of them, but you know, use different platforms to, to hear their voice. Tip number four is nourish their voice and celebrate their voice when they do speak up. Tip number five is connect their voice and their ability to share with a greater why. So why it's important for them to share. Tip number six is break them up into pairs or small groups before bringing it to the greater group. Tip number seven is to tell your extroverts to pipe down and cool their jets. <laughs> I really hope that those tips were helpful and valuable for you. And let me know whether they, or what sort of a difference they make in your workplace. I have no doubt that it'll mean you'll really start to hear the voice of those quieter members of your team in absolutely no time. And really quick last one, if you've got a couple of minutes spare to find out if you're an ambivert or an extrovert or an introvert. So here are eight signs that you're an ambivert. Tip, um, sign number one, if neither introvert nor extrovert feel very accurate for describing your personality. So if you've always felt like you sit somewhere in between introvert and extrovert, then you could be an ambivert. Sign number two is you need your me time just as much as social time. So you really need that time to be alone just as much as you really need to be out, you know, with your friends, bonding, socializing. Sign number three, you prefer a balance of both solo and group work. So you like both the one-to-one -one work as well as in the groups. Sign number four, both too much time alone and too much time with others can feel draining. <laughs> Tip or sign number five, you appreciate good conversation, but you also value comfortable silence. Sign number seven, small talk doesn't bother you, though you also love deep conversations. And the last sign is you have a lot of friends and a handful of very close friends. If those signs sound like you, then you could be an ambivert. I really hope that you liked today's conversation. Hit me up on Instagram in the DMs if this added lots of value to you or send me an email if you want to hear more. And um, yeah, I always love hearing from you. So there's some links in the show notes below if you want to hear more on this. Sending you lots of love. Talk to you soon.